This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Twenty twenty may have been a different year for cinema than just about anyone could have ever expected, but it nevertheless delivered dozens of quality movies. And though the past year saw more top-tier movies than ever being released straight to streaming, that did little to stem the tide of terrible films similarly hitting VOD services. I'm Gareth from WhatCulture.com, and here are the ten worst movies of 2020. Number 10. Artemis Fowl To the surprise of few, Kenneth Branagh's long-gestating adaptation of beloved fantasy novel Artemis Fowl was an abject misfire. Despite solid production values, this is an interminably boring $125 million blockbuster, filled with talented actors like Judi Dench, Josh Gad, and Colin Farrell delivering some of the most phoned-in work of their respected careers. With an unlikable titular protagonist and an inability to do anything outside the generic fantasy movie box, Artemis Fowl was doomed long before Disney decided to skip a theatrical bow and send it straight to Disney+. Number 9. The Grudge The latest rehash of J-horror classic The Grudge had so much potential on paper. And while you get the sense that Pesh wanted to deliver a more stoic, artsy take on the iconic horror IP, one suspects the end result was mangled to death in reshoots. Not that there's much indication this ever would have been a great movie. From the hideous urine-tinged cinematography to the excess jump scares, obnoxiously confusing narrative structure, poor editing, and infamously awful ending, The Grudge seemingly did everything it could to piss audiences off. Number 8. Like a Boss Like a Boss was 2020's quintessential January movie. A frothy, lighter-than-air comedy primed to exit your mind the moment you left the cinema. Paramount knew it was terrible and dumped it in the most unassuming barren period of the movie calendar. Though Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish make for an appealing team, this depressingly low-effort comedy squanders all their talents on the most cynically formulaic script possible. It's basically a movie designed for hungover people to discover on their streaming platform of choice on a bleary Sunday afternoon. Number 7. Doolittle 
There's definitely a parallel universe where a Robert Downey Jr. starring Doolittle reboot could have been a fun time, but slapping a $175 million budget on it and hiring the guy who directed 2005's feel-good classic Syriana clearly was not the way to go. Given the film's much-publicized development troubles, it wasn't remotely surprising that Doolittle was an embarrassing mess of unconvincing visual effects and cringe-worthy writing. But more unexpected was Downey's uncommonly off-key performance in the title role, channeling his most try-hard, least-charming instincts and ensuring there were virtually no pleasures to be found throughout. Number 6. Fantasy Island As much as not a single living soul was asking for a horror-themed reboot of this classic 70s fantasy drama series, Fantasy Island at least had the potential to be an entertainingly trashy B-movie from the fine folks at Blumhouse. Given the film's enticing location and solid cast, it all comes down to the script, which is a sloppy mess of half-baked ideas which don't cohere into a remotely compelling horror film. There's no tension or intrigue, most of the humor fundamentally misfires, and the film's laughable final plot twist ensures it irredeemably self-immolates. Number 5. Brahms the Boy 2 the clunkily titled Brahms The Boy 2 is one of the strangest sequels ever made. Ever. A film which intentionally disregards the continuity of the previous entry with a shameless retcon. Even if you're able to come to terms with this baffling rejigging, this is an atmosphere-devoid, stamina-suckingly dull horror that has only an unexpectedly committed performance from Katie Holmes and some decent production values to keep it even vaguely watchable. Given that it recouped just $20 million worldwide, it's safe to say that audiences weren't too keen on this cobbled-together new direction for the series. Number 4. The Last Days of American Crime One of two movies on this list to get 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, The Last Days of American Crime is proof perfect that executive meddling isn't always a bad thing and that Netflix's laissez-faire approach to their filmmakers can have disastrous results. This dramatically inert adaptation of Rick Remender and Greg Tacchini's 2009 graphic novel is a 149-minute slog from Taken 2 and 3 director Olivier Megaton. Despite an appealingly off-kilter premise, the US prepares to release a signal making people unable to commit crime. This miserable action thriller is a dispassionate mishmash of countless better heist films. Number 3. Songbird it's not terribly surprising that Michael Bay, of all people, would race to produce a film about the current global health crisis while the thing is still going on. Songbird is a claustrophobic ensemble thriller taking place in a speculative 2024, where the virus has mutated to become the decidedly deadlier COVID-23, causing the US to become a grimy dystopia ruled by an authoritarian government. Though impressively produced considering the obvious restrictions and boasting a quality cast, Songbird is the most morally repugnant film of 2020. Releasing a film which plays to right-wing conspiracy theories is at best reckless and at worst deeply irresponsible. Number 2. The Wrong Missy Netflix delivered the worst comedy of the year with The Wrong Missy, a painfully unfunny and deeply annoying film about a guy called Tim, played by David Spade, who accidentally invites his mentally unstable stalker Missy, played by Lauren Lapkus, on a business retreat with him. 
What could go wrong? The Razzie-worthy script is made even worse by two separate jokes about sexual assault, not to mention an extremely questionable depiction of mental illness. If you thought Adam Sandler's Netflix comedies were lousy, this is somehow even worse. And that is saying something. Number 1. 365 Days the absolute worst film of the year is 365 Days, Poland's answer to the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise, albeit with 1,000% more Stockholm Syndrome and sexual abuse apologia. Universally panned by critics, this erotic thriller about a woman who is imprisoned by a horny gangster for 365 days while he tries to make her fall in love with him would be laughable were it not so ideologically dangerous. Bafflingly trying to spin a heart-swelling, sexually charged love story out of a scenario where the protagonist is literally held against her own will, 365 Days may tout surprisingly strong production values and boast more risque sex scenes than the Fifty Shades movies ever dared to, but it's also fundamentally wrong-headed where its sexual politics are concerned. This was 2020's cinema at its most vile and just plain wrong, but Netflix gonna Netflix. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.